This conversation is brought to you in part by Calavo Growers, the family of fresh. Hey, hi, ho, everybody. Welcome. How's everybody doing? Stoked for today's show. Uh Uh-huh. Pumped up as I am. My friend is here. Your friend is here. Our friend is here. I'm as fired up today. Literally, I'm fired up today because like 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 a honey badger just on a war path right now. That's what I I feel like. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Everybody give it up for the one, the only, the VP of Produce Floral Goodwill, bringing love to the world at the fresh market. Please give it up for my friend, Christian Milano. Welcome, brother. So great to be here on the Todd Versations. I'm glad and you're here. Legend Todd oh, Linsky. Thank, thank you so um, much. That's so sweet of you. Been working with you forever. Been a brother of mine for from another mother forever. And glad to be on your show. I'm glad to have you, man. You know, it's it's trying to coordinate schedules and make things go. Yeah. You know, sometimes I sometimes I've done these, you know, at 4:30 in the morning on the West Coast time just to try to be accommodating. And yeah. then other times we get to do them at the end of the afternoon. You know, and we get to have a beer. So cheers to you, my time. brother. Yeah, well, I'm good to go here. It's it's five o'clock somewhere, brother. I read that yeah, I right. read that song lyric. It just applies to life. So let's go, man. I got a bunch of questions. I want to talk about what's going on with Fresh Marco. I want to talk about what you've done and let people get to know you a little bit because your trajectory is really cool to talk about. So I'm not going to read your bio because, you know, A, yeah. it's got too many big words and I can't read that well. Yeah. So I'm ah. just going to flip it back over to you. And just tell everybody a little bit about your journey and your bio a little bit, and then we'll dive yeah. into what we want to talk about. Well, I'd love to do that. Um, so I've definitely had, uh, again, to kind of date myself, age myself. Um, my first year in this business was actually the year of, of Alar. Everybody remembers the Alar scam. I was in, I was in uh, just before Alar. Yep. Yep. So that was that was it sounds like we're in the freaking military. Well, I was yeah. in serving yeah. my country. during that campaign. So that was <laughs> that was a thing. So I was working at a place called Living Foods Market uh, oh. in Berkeley, California. Actually, my boss at that time was Walter Robb, who's the general manager, later became to become, you know, co-CEO of Whole Foods. Yeah. Um, and again, Alan's care hit. I was actually on the front end at the time. I was a cashier, kind of just got into the business. I still remember someone walking in and saying, Hey, I just threw out all my conventional produce. So I only want to buy organic. Tell me what to buy. So that was my entrance into the natural food business was that year. Yeah. Um, during that time at Living Foods, uh, there's a guy named Tom Beyer, who was the produce manager. He said, why do you want to play with the money over at the cash register? So why don't you come play with fruit and vegetables? Um, so within three months, I was over doing produce uh, and met two absolute icons in this business. Um, one was Earl Herrick, um, legend, Earl, yeah. legend, legend. Um, and he was actually the produce supervisor. He ran the three stores, like the coordinator, the vice president of the living foods. And he was my first trainer. He trained me how to crisp vegetables. That was my first job. Three hours in the back room, just crisping. He came to teach me. The second mm. person that was just amazing to me, um, was farms, Al Crochet, farmer. Yeah. Al. Farmer Al. And so that's what he really turned me on to farming. He really, that's where I was like, holy shit, uh, this is a rock star. And uh, from there, it's like, it's like, yeah, I want to stay in this. So well, it's in your blood, man. And you, you were young. Yeah, like I, I got I just, it's hooked. After I met Al, playing with produce at Living Foods, 
um, kind of the heyday of organics. CCF was just kicked off in Santa Cruz. Um, nothing that was no national law yet, no rule. Um, there was the California Organic Act. Um, and it's just there I was in the Bay Area, right? Yeah. All yeah. those kind of back to the earth, let's grow fantastic food in a great way. And, and also conventional guys too, some really amazing farmers. Uh, so that was my first five years, six years in the business was the Bay Area. So yeah. both uh, Living Foods, I worked for uh, Todd Coons, TKO yeah, TK, Farm, TK, one of the first guys. Yeah. Um, um, then moved to, had my, met my wife at a farmer's market, different story, um, great story. Um, had our first kid in California, decided to move close to family in New York, which is where I'm from. Right. She's from New Orleans. I moved to Manhattan, got a job with Balducci's, uh, became wow. the produce manager at Balducci's when it was just the one store. It was Andy Balducci, Nina Balducci, and Charlie Balducci running it. Charlie produced some perishables. I worked for him. Um, right. That was Kind of like you know, I did my years in California. I want to consider that like going to college, right? So I did my, I got, I got my degree, right? My graduate school was Balducci's. That's yeah, where for I really sure. learned. That was my internship. That was where I learned how to actually retail. One Those stores were killers. killer too. That store was killer. Killer. Yeah. 8,000 square feet. Regularly did six to $700,000. Yeah. A week. Yeah. 8,000 square feet. Yeah. It was, and, and just all high end. I mean, just yeah. super. Well, I mean, what a, that's a story you walked. That was a story you walked when you, when you wanted to be inspired about what you yeah. weren't doing and should be doing in your own, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, totally. And, and, yeah. and I was very fortunate to get that, that time. I was only about two years, a little less. Uh, again, graduate school, right? It took my two years there, right? Um, you know, wore, wore the white coat. Yeah. The doctor's coat, Balducci is very proud to stand on a street corner, right? Hanging out, waiting for the load. Everything came in on the on the street. There's yeah. no back dock. They land a pallet on the street. You broke it on the street, on the U-boats, brought, brought in the store. We got three deliveries a day to manage yeah. that volume. So did that, did a bunch of stores in New York, um, Dina DeLuca, Red Horse Market, East Hampton, kind of jumped around as this young kid learning produce. Yeah. Always looking for the new thing. Did Madison, Wisconsin for a little while, Magic Mill, went back to New York, sold wild mushrooms for a little while for a company called Audelise du Bois, which was great. Yeah. Um, that was a grind. I mean, you, it was commission. And but yeah. some of all the best restaurants, right? And, you know, the best mushrooms. Um, while there, ended up at a place called Uptown Whole Foods, unrelated to Whole Foods Market, all natural foods. So they had two of them, one Uptown, one in Soho. Um, that was a rough, that was a rough store. Um, rough owners, you know, true New Yorkers. I'm a New Yorker. Um, wasn't very happy. And that's why I called Edmund Lamakia. Um, the fame. Another legend. Right? And legend. Said, Edmund, I knew him. I bought from him when I was living at, at Del Tomaso in California. He was yeah. my sales guy on the San Francisco produce terminal working for yeah. Call him up. He was at Whole Foods. I want to move to the South. My, my wife's tired of the winters. She's from New Orleans. Let's uh, let's go let's go south. So I called him up, Atlanta, Austin. He said, "Yep, here's the produce manager, produce coordinator in Austin. They're looking for someone in San Antonio, produce manager." Rest of Whole Foods took that job. Twenty years of Whole Foods, just on yeah. 18 plus. 
Yeah. Um, practice manager, all the way up to uh, work my way up to one of the global coordinators. Um, yeah. Procurement and retail, which is where I spent a lot of time with you. Um, yeah, for sure. Job. Oh, I love um, them. Then took a little, did that 20, thought, do I do another decade with, with, with Whole Foods or do I do something different? So I spent, uh, decided to do something different. I uh, went off to a place called CC's, CC's Veggie Co. Yeah. Just spiralized noodles. Uh, became their CEO, did this tremendous growth. First week I got there, we were doing about 700 cases that week, spiralized noodles. Two and a half years later, 25,000 cases. Yeah. They took it to this big space, grew their business, built a warehouse, built a processing plant, which was pretty amazing. I tell you, my hat off to all you folks that process fresh fruits and vegetables. That is, I mean, a task in itself. Yeah. But processing, oof, tough job. That's I a very that, tough job. And it took six months off because it kicked my butt. Um, <laughs> drove around the country for an Airstream. Uh, and then um, had this great opportunity. Actually, a headhunter called me and said, I think we have a spot for you. I see you're not working. Um, love your profile. I have this thing in North Carolina. It's a state we actually wanted to end up in, want to retire here. And uh, it's a little place called Living uh, uh, um, uh, the Fresh Market. Yeah. And I thought, huh, I love the format. Um, small stores, concentrate on fresh. Um, definitely they were in their throes. They, they had some work to do. I actually remember calling you yeah. saying, huh, huh, Todd, should I do this? Um, and uh, you gave me some great advice, by the way. And uh, uh, took the job and uh, just never looked back. It's just been fantastic. So I've been yeah. here now for almost three years, December, three years, uh, and just doing it great. Just loving it. And being the VP. There, there I am. That's me. That's it. In the last show. 20 years. Yeah. 30, what a great. 35 you know. years. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Jesse from Superior Fresh. Check us out at www.superiorfresh.com to learn more about how we raise our Atlantic salmon without the use of hormones, antibiotics, or pesticides. Our Heart Check certified salmon boasts two times the omega-3s of other salmon and are fed an organic and non-GMO diet. Our fish thrive in water naturally filtered by our USDA-certified organic greens, which allows us to recycle 99.9% of our water. This is salmon as it should be. Order Superior Fresh Salmon direct to your home by shopping with us online. And listeners of this episode can use the discount code TLC15 to receive 15% off your order. We make it easy to get the best salmon in your homes and on your plates. We've got you covered. Superior salmon equals superior taste. Shop now and use code TLC15 for 15% off through the end of the month. What I find interesting about when people share their story, you know, it goes back to what I say all the time. You know, we're on a path. We don't know where that path is taking us. We have choices along that path, and we don't know what that choice is going to be like when we make it down that path and you've gone through all these experiences to put you in the position that you are now to yep. be at the fresh market. Yep. And, and I couldn't think of a, you know, knowing what I knew about the store, I couldn't think of a better person to come in with the vision and the background that you have, again, your path leading you to a place. Cause I think about, you know, you 20 plus years ago to 30 or whatever it is in New York going those life lessons are going to drive you forward in the fresh market concept because you have that, you know, really great first rung of the ladder, that stabilization, yeah. able for you to embrace it. Yeah. So 
How many stores does Fresh Market have now? And how so many we states? Just uh, in April opened our uh, number 160. So our 160 stores uh, in 22 states. Wow. So we're definitely so, spread out. We're as north as North Chicago. Right. South as, I guess, Charleston, Savannah, as west as Tulsa, Oklahoma, and as east as Boston. Yeah. I guess farther south, our most southern store in Florida is Coconut Grove. So we've yeah. got, I mean, that's a big that's a lot cross of, 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 yeah, the southeast and, and the northeast and all that. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys one are of the challenges. No, it totally is one of the challenges, yeah. but... You know, I think your stores have been so well received. And I think the concept is so, you know, for those that have been in, you know, and those that you haven't, yeah. if you're in a place and you get a chance yeah. to walk through one of the stores, they're really worth seeing because they, they, stores, you know, I, I, stores can be an experience or stores can be a store, right? And you guys are kind of an experience. It's a place yes. that you, you know, I see people inside your stores that just seem to be meandering through. Yes. You don't really meander in certain retailers, yeah. right? You kind of go in, here's my five things on the list, boom, I'm out. Your stores are a little bit different. Yeah, I would say, I mean, this is where you talked about New York. I mean, it really is. And this is what I love about the format. Mm -hmm. uh, very much like Mariano's back in the day, right? Giuseppe's, right? Yeah. Balducci's, right? You know, these stores that are just true specialty stores that focus on fresh, mm -hmm. right? Have really cool center store stuff. You can still buy everything you need. We got toilet paper, right? We've got, you know, low fat milk, Right. But we also have, you know, the most amazing cheese, the most yeah. amazing produce, one of the best meat counters out there. Um, and you really do experience food. And that was really the basis for this company, right? So, you know, when Ray Berry started, he wanted basically a European market in, and the first store was here in Greensboro, North Carolina. He wanted that experience that you walk into, like you walk in France or Italy, these great little, great little grocery stores that right. constantly put it in, in Greensboro. Uh, and they've really kept that path. They really haven't changed much. There's some ups and downs to those. We've had a bunch of different folks that have run it. Uh, we're definitely back to our roots. These last three years, we have a new CEO, Jason Potter. Um, he's actually came from the Sobeys team up in Canada. And he's really kind of brought us back to, you know, the original vision, which is fresh focused, uh, um, you know, the, the basically restaurant quality, food to go, mm -hmm. right? And the special occasion, right? That's yeah. what we're about. So those three things, we are yet. Uh, and, um, and of course, the gourmands in the world, right? You know, oh. folks that really want to, and we're, again, we're in places that you just can't find the stuff normally, well, right? Exactly. Uh, and you make yeah. a really good point about Europe because, you know, you go to Europe, it's, it's not necessarily a grocery store, it's a cheese shop. And yeah. then it's the butcher. And then yeah. it's this special, right? And that's kind of the way your stores are. They're like yeah. these little specialized departments. And, you know, and you guys are like, you're doing one point, what, 1.9 bill in revenue yeah. last year, which is, yeah. you know, that's not chump change. You know, that's, yeah. that's probably in like Elon's ashtray of a Tesla, but not. In yeah. Line. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a few hours for him. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's half a day. But, you know, but, but in that model of that scale and size, you know, and I, and I, I think to touch on it a little bit, how important is produce and fresh to the grocery store when you see a number like that? Because produce is such a big driver of people's experience in a lot of ways. So thanks for the the, the nice softball, right? Because the reality is, I mean, it's in the name, right? Mm -hmm. You can see it on the screen. So fresh, obviously, is a huge, huge part. Of the moment you walk in the door, you're, you're, you're greeted first by floral. Right. And actually, when you go into our stores and you think about square footage, um, the amount of space we give our fresh 
uh, is 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 not normal for a grocery store, mm-hmm. right? We give a lot of space. I mean, it's more than half, right? Our fall department is, you know, a good chunk of that first that you walk in. Um, very, very big fall department. So when you say yes, and you any flow into produce, right? Um, right. The simple answer is incredibly important. So produce, when you think about foods focused, produce and meat, that's our base. We want you to come in every day. We want you to buy today's food for today, right? That's of course, right? Um, but that's Incredible. but that's Europe. But that's exactly that's Europe. Fresh bread, fresh cheese, fresh meat, fresh produce, fresh flowers. Um, so incredibly important. High percent, huge penetration for those folks. Never give numbers, but we have a pretty tremendous pen- penetration when it comes to fresh in the store and particularly produce, you know, within the store. Um, right. and, and I'm very proud of that. And again, we're a very small footprint. I mean, we average are, you know, less than 20,000 square feet. Right. Again, what's very exciting about that is that you are able to be very intimate with the customer, right? It's a nice tight space. Food is all around you. Um, mm-hmm. That is where people linger, right? You're not being asked to just get this shopping list done. You want to, you want to, you want to, taste stuff you want to see stuff you want to smell stuff you I think it's important I think it's important I think I think you know in today's generation when we look at how fast everybody's moving and all these different things and we talk about how important food is that it's a drug right it can help it can it can hurt you it can help you in a lot of ways and I think the the past two and a half years has taught us how important food is right and being healthier is um, yeah. so to be able to have that opportunity for people to get involved with their food a little bit and go to a place that gives them the opportunity to see things, you know, that perhaps they're not going to see or to take that time. I think that's a huge plus, man. I think we need to be doing more investment of time into like, well, what is that? You know, what, just don't, you know, just don't grab and go, right? What is the investment I'm making in that food? Why is that? What are the other options in that food? I don't know. I think it's important. I love that's what you guys do with that too. I love that. And, and I, we do want to slow people down when they come in and, and yeah. take the time. And definitely, you know, COVID as bad as, I mean, you know, COVID was a horrible thing to happen. Uh, uh, you know, but there is some silver linings. And one of the silver linings is people really, they start cooking again, right? I mean, all mm-hmm. of a sudden you have a restaurant to go to, right? And so, you know, we all know you couldn't get, you couldn't find yeast for God's sake. Everybody started to bake bread. I mean, it was really, let's get back in the kitchen. Now, of course, restaurants are back open and people are, you know, back to the restaurants and that's great. But we've, you know, we've got some stickiness from that, right? And so folks for sure. said, oh, I'm still going to cook. And, and, and we've converted some folks back to, you know, what's, what's, what's fresh today? What do I want to cook today? What do I want to cook tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, and we get those questions. We, we, we have that experience again. Uh, I mean, I wish I was in the stores more, uh, but every time in the store, you know, we, of course, Fresh Market's great at, at service, right? We do say hello to everybody. We say, what's for dinner tonight? Um, we name, you know, I'm Chris, how can I help you? And so you get the conversation going and you're like, what's yeah. for dinner? My name's Chris, how you doing? They're like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'm going to do so sauteed greens. What's what What should I do? And so you get and like people are really thinking about food again um, in a bigger way. And that's great. Just love yeah, it. Well, let's touch on this. Let's stay on the train a little bit. You know, I mean, the past two and a half years have been a very unique experience, especially yeah. for the retail sector. I mean, not only retail, but people, our country, the yeah. planet, all of it. What do you think the biggest retail surprise is to you through the pandemic? Well, surprise, you're saying a surprise. So, um, yeah. yeah, or shock or, or, ch- yeah. or something. Well, you know, I mean, certainly when you think about the folks that are in this business, right? I mean, one of the, I mean, it was such a tough time. It's exciting time again. All that, you know, $2 trillion worth of food purchase went all to basically grocery. You know, basically it's half restaurant, 
half grocery. So we had all that growth. That was very exciting. A lot of challenges with that, just keeping yeah. up, right? And then you have the fallout from that, right? So one of the things is, and this is what we were in the throes of kind of just trying to keep up. Um, one of the phrases I had was we're finding the cracks in the porcelain, right? Mm-hmm. It was just because it was so highlighted, right? The light was so shining on everything we do in order to get it done. We're like, oh, here's something we need to improve on. Here's right. another crack. Here's another crack, another crack. So that was a bit of a surprise to find all those holes, not only in our organization. I mean, clearly we had our own stuff, but through the whole supply chain. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Taking yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff for granted over the years, how things just get from one point A to point B. Like, wow, we really have to start communicating about making sure we have enough around, but not too much to keep it fresh. Uh, we had to really start having, you know, way more. And this is already a conversational business, right? It's, right. it's based on very, especially fresh, you know, it's the turns are 150 a year, but even more so, we like realize we really have these conversations need to be robust and often. Um, and we had the challenge of not meeting each other anymore, all through Zoom, right? Like we're yeah. doing now, right? Um, and I think we got, that was the big one for me on the surprise was like, yeah, we got some, some, some more work to do in order to provide the best possible food um, and, and, and keep it going. So that was, right. that was a big, you know, the other, the other one was just, you know, again, through COVID of learning to work with people remotely. That was, that was a hell of a thing. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I lost, lost a few people, you know, in that they, I'd hire them during COVID never actually even met them in person, right? <laughs> and then, you know, they were like, yeah, six months, I'm not sure if this is what I want to do. And that might not happen had we been in the same building. Probably um, not. That was a whole new learning. I think the whole world was a whole new learning on that. So that was oh, another for sure. big surprise that I wasn't really like prepared for this kind of, you know, I don't think, whole thing. Yeah, I don't think anybody Most of us, I mean, a lot of us were remote, right? But yeah. We still got together enough, so that was a big surprise. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I think I think it was it was it was learning how to do your job over. Yeah, like with blindfolds on in some ways. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's just like okay, how are we doing this? I'm bumbling here. Yeah. Well, let, let's let's ramp up that thought process a little bit, and and you know, thinking back on your path and trajectory because yeah. you've got such a, a a great swath of knowledge. What do you think the biggest change that you've seen in retail in your career? Hmm. That's a big question. Yeah, it's a big one. I, you know, I think one of the biggest changes for, for grocery retailers is trying to figure out how to do that ready-to-cook meal. I mean, flat out, right? Yeah. That's like, how do we do it? We've all dabbled in it for years, right? What's mm-hmm. the bag of goodies that you can just have all the ingredients, right? And you have, of course, all those folks that deliver to your door as well. Um, but that's ramped up in the last six months. Well, really, the last year. Right, how to do it, and then of course, I'm biased. My company, I think we do the best out there. Um, we have two things: um, the market meal, which is an amazing thing, meal for two, nice little box, all the ingredients, all made in house, um, all ready mm-hmm. to go. And then we have little big meal, which is a meal for four. But that's where I'm seeing a lot of folks trying to reinvent that. Right, so again, I think we're with it. I think every grocery store chain out there, and there are some great ones, obviously. All trying to figure that out, but that's a big one, right? How in a retail yeah. now, of course, again, being in the produce world, I don't want them to get a little box of food that they're gonna make it to. I want them to meander through my produce department. Sure. So there's a little of both, but I also want to support that program. So I think that's a 
that's a big one that that's kind of changed a little bit of the landscape. Uh, well, we you know look convenience. Look, you know, if you take a look at the trajectory, the drive through, you know, how the the drive through, you know, chains yeah. that are how you know, and 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 almost it's almost practically they're all drive through and they're now all drive up. That's for damn sure. It's so true. So, so right. So you've got this thing about convenience and speed yep. because, you know, unfortunately we just go a little too fast sometimes in this world. Yes, right. And, 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 and to me, it's like, well, food's the area. It's like, okay, that's where you need to slow down a little bit. Make sure that just because yeah. it's quick and easy, doesn't yeah. make it, you know, shitty yeah. and bad for you. Right. Yeah. So and it's funny to say it that way. Cause I think what we, we, I, I think COVID's ramped this up. I think it was already it was already happening before COVID. Right. COVID just pushed it that much faster. Where you have food fast and you have food slow. So fast, I can order food I mean, most cities and get it in 15 minutes. I can yeah. order groceries and get it in 15 minutes. So Sinka Suit, who owns us, they do a tremendous business down in South America. Uh, and they have a, a, a chain, a convenience store chain, half their, you know, a good chunk of their business is it to go. And they're part of that whole, get it in 15 minutes, get it 30 minutes. Right. So literally like I want breakfast, I'm going to type in my order. So I, you know, I want my avocado and some tomato and some cheese, right? Some eggs, right? right. I want my, my doorstep. I'm going to order and go take a shower. I'm going to come out of the shower. I mean, or the door, my food's there. Yeah. So that's that. I mean, that's now happening. we got the gorillas out there and all that stuff. This 15 minutes. So that, all of a sudden, went boom. Then there's a lot of these, again, stores like us, um, and there's more and more of that, of like, let's go and experience food and slow it down. Of course, the food halls, they had a obviously a tough time during COVID, but they're back with, with a vengeance. Yeah. Right? Whereas I want to hang out. I want to see a lot of food. I want to see my friends. Um, I want choices. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. And, I, and hats off to the restaurants that have absolutely figured out how to do to go. Right. Oh There's yeah. A lot of restaurants back in the day, nice restaurants that oh no, I'm not, we don't do to go. Right? We don't do to go. Right. Now they all do to go. You go to three star Michelin is doing putting it in the bag for you, right? Yeah. And they figured it out. It it you take it home and it's good. Um, so that whole like how food is now being sold to us has absolutely changed in the last two years. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that's a really good point, and that has been a big transformational change. I mean, you know, as as well pointed out, I mean, obviously, online sales fall almost in that same category in some ways. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit. You know, you, you talked about you know your your new ownership and stuff, and and the model. You know, you've come from one model and some different perspective, right? And now you've come to one that, in some ways, is working to rebrand itself. It's finding its voice yeah. again. You know, it's gone from. Wanting to do an IPO, not doing an IPO, you know, yeah. there's been changes. And again, I touched on a little bit of new ownership. And then, and and that is great stuff yeah. in a lot of ways, right? Transformation of a business is great, but it's also sometimes, you know, tough to navigate some of those changes and, and they become stressors in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not only to your team, but for the different business formats and the models and the things that are going on. So how do you keep your team, you know, when you think about what you've gone through, how do you keep your team motivated? through those changes and some of those things, including yeah. even COVID in that, in that yeah, question. Yeah. Uh, it's a great question, right? I don't I, have you know. shitty questions. I don't know. Why <laughs> you don't. You really don't. Um, very good questions, right? So, th and this is a good one because it's, it's kind of a, you know, multifold question. So one, there's yeah. the COVID stress, right? Going through all of that. And again, like we already talked about, ramp up fast. I mean, we're buying anything under the sun just to keep the stores full. Sure. Then it was, we're not together, get out, you know, all of that. And then it settles down, find our space. 
Um, now we're back in the office again, right? So that's all that. Um, and, 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 you know, the question being, how do I keep my team motivated and kind of me going through the, the through what I've gone through? I will, I mean, hats off to Whole Foods Market. You know, again, really did my, you know, my final, my thesis there, right? If you call it, I talk about yeah. school and a graduate and my thesis um, and work some, with some great professors and all that. Edmund, you know, legend. Um, they taught me well on how to manage change, right? And, mm. you know, that's one of those, I mean, they were, they are one of those companies that has managed change incredibly well. John Mack is brilliant. The, the regional presidents, the coordinators, the vice presidents, and you really were kind of taught to kind of run your own business, right? I mean, that was mm -hmm. really the motto of Whole Foods for a long time is that it's your produce department, it's your right. store, your, it's your region, right? Very much the same way. This is, this is you know, it's, it's, it's um, I, I run the produce floral. It's like, you know, what are you going to do? So with the team, it's giving them that ownership. Yeah. And that was a big thing for this team that I think I, I think they wanted that. They wanted it back, right? And had a great VPs before me, not slight them at all. They had went through a lot of changes through that, um transition over the IP like you mentioned IPO and then not IPO and then purchase right. and all that you know, multiple CEOs through the you know last 10 years. Um so when you're kind of you know in the in the weeds just trying to get the right product into the stores um you know the thing that I felt I brought to the team is and I'm I I, I am a bit of a micromanager. I can get in the weeds I'm like exactly what avocado are you buying? What's the pressure of that avocado? You know, when are you getting it delivered? Like, I'll go there, right? I'm a buyer. I was born and raised a buyer, right? Uh, but for the most part is, this is where we need to go. You drive, right? right. And, and that's that, I think, has, has brought them to a place that it's, we have a great department because of that. Um, well, you got a great, great product. You got a great team. Uh, great buyers. Uh, and we have a great lineup. I know we have a great reputation with the suppliers. You know, honest conversations. I've taught from day one, really, my parents, my mother taught me to be transparent and fair, right? This is what I'm thinking. You got to win and I got to win. You might have to give something up. I might have to give something up. Uh, and that's how I work with my team too, right? You might have to give something up. I might have to give something up, uh, but it's for the greater good. And the greater good is us. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. So still stressful. Like I said, it's been a long week, right? Um, you know, um, Sometimes I have to kind of slow it down a little bit. Like, you know, we're going to talk about green bananas again, right? Anybody that's in the produce business, like how do we have a stage four on the shelf every day, 365 right. days a year? That's a tough thing to do. It's a real tough um, thing to do. People don't but realize. I tell you, you get a green, a green banana in the store, I'm getting a call from somebody. Why do I have green bananas? Right. right? Uh, but that's where it's like, okay, well, let's figure out the root cause. Why did it happen? Right. And yeah. let's fix the percentage. For sure. And so, you make a really, yeah, really good point. Team giving us some latitude and then holding them accountable and well, celebrating their successes. Got to celebrate, man. Yeah, 100%. And I Gotta love what celebrate. you said. I love what you said. You know, it's better to be transparent than transactional, right? And I think Absolutely. that you've got to be that way in a business that is just like this nonstop. But a business yeah. that, you know, it, it, you just don't, you know, it's not, it's not frozen product, right? It's not, it's not shelf stable. It's none yeah. of that those things. And it's such a business that requires that investment in the relationship and the clear understanding of who you are, your struggles, what the struggle is of that avocado or banana person. 
Because if you don't, I believe, if you don't both embrace each other um, as one and here's my issue, here's your, you're never going to get to the bottom. Right. I believe that's what I try to always do because I think that's the way to go. If I don't understand what your pain points are, how the possibly, why would you give a shit about mine? Yeah. Well, I mean, you hit it, that understanding of the person, right? I mean, that's what makes a perfect relationship, right? Yeah. It's understanding the other person's needs and having the other person say, what, these are my needs. Yeah. They are my needs, like us knowing each other's needs and then trying to deliver as much as we can on those needs, right? Correct. Then, you know, very important, transactional versus, you know, transparent. You know, if it's transactional, then all I'm going to do is beat you down, right? I'm just going to beat you down, Right. And then the moment the market goes the wrong way, all you're going to do is overcharge me, right? Right. That's all you're going to do, right? So we know we're going to have markets go up and down, but the most important thing is you earn a living, I earn a living, right? And mm-hmm. we feed more fresh food to as many people as possible or any food. 100%. 100%. Uh, and, and, and that's when, we, when we're in those conversations where we can say, what does it take for you to be successful? What does it take for me? And we both want to hear each other. There we Correct. go. So this is one of those things and, and I'm part of the, Council on IFPA, right? The retail council. And one of the questions, one of the exercises we did is write a letter to your supplier. If you wrote a letter to your supplier, what would you say? And so we all sat in a room and kind of talked about writing a letter to our supplier. And one of the things that we kind of all, and there's a bunch of stuff that came out of that, but one of the things is knowing each other's business, right? One of the things I don't accept when I have a supplier say, well, this is what, here it is. And they give me the whole PowerPoint. and, And I'm like, Sometimes I'll go through that. And I'm like, have you been to my store? <laughs> None of this affects me. Right, right, exactly. And then with a sales guy, the sales problem, it's a classic old salesman. Know whether I play golf, know where my store locations are, like know me. And then you're like, oh, then they're like, here's my program for you. And you're like, holy shit, that fits me perfect. Right. And then I want to know the same thing about you. You know, well, I, again, it goes back business, to so your startup business. You've done this before. You you know, all of that. Let me hear your story. And then we can get some stuff done. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent agree. Again, yeah. it goes it goes back to um, just being invested in each other. Right. Whether the, whether it's somebody you know, to the question I asked, whether it's the people in your office yeah. or your suppliers being invested in that conversation and taking the time to become, you know, um, transparent and not transactional, yeah. I think, is what wins the day. I want to talk about something I think is super important, and I keep harping on this because I want to keep this conversation going, and sure. I think it's so important. And, and uh, I'll frame up where I'm heading on this. You know, one of the things that I think that we learned in the pandemic when people were at home eating more, cooking more, I mean, we saw an increase in consumption. Yeah. One of the things that happens when the economy starts to go bad, because we can look back at that, like we really don't have a pandemic to go look yeah. back on, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we do way back then, but I mean, that's yeah. not that relevant for this question, but um one of the things that we saw was an increase in consumption. But one yeah. of the things that happens in that downturn economy is that fruit and vegetable consumption will start to decline, right? It's it's just a natural occurrence. People are starting to rationalize. So I want to talk a little bit about consumption because it's important. And I know it's important to you. It's what drives your business, right? Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about the consumption numbers you're seeing. Are they better and worse in the last 12 months? Are you seeing it steady? What are you seeing out there? So, I mean, I think for the business, for the industry, right, call it an industry, right, mm-hmm. um, you know, the year-over-year growth in units is definitely down, right? You know, ultimately, yes, you know, costs, right, and people right, slow right. down, right, and they make some choices. And, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables cost a little bit more, right? So they, send the, they just start, they start slowing it down. Of course, year-over-year growth is always hard to say, look at now, because we've never been through 
Well, we went through it. Stack, a two-year stack, a three-year stack, right. a four-year stack. Um, I, I would say as we go through this and to think about consumption, you know, one of the ways that I really try and look at increasing consumption is really offering value and quality. Yeah. Value is price, quality is, you know, flavor and, and freshness, right? So that's really what we all need to say, okay, this is what we have to do, right? And if you're not doing one or the other, particularly if you're not doing both, it's just going to, you're just going to fail. And yeah. flat out you're going to fail. Uh, and then keep it exciting, right? So, you know, you know, produce, you know, for so many years, you know, you go to grocery, you know, grocery ads, I don't know, like a thousand new items every year, right? It's probably more than that, right? Different numbers come out. It's skews that they come up with. Right, but right, it's right. all still coming from food. It's still grains, nuts, and fruit and vegetables. Right. It's just, they it's start just with a different thing. Part of it, right? yeah, it's almost but, different. You know, it's like what's new for us. So, you know, very important is to mix it up and think about new things within your space. So I have a new thing for us coming, the fresh market, new being new to us, right? So this 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 week we've introduced dry farm tomatoes, right? So plenty out in California, right? And they kind of get outside of California once in a while. Um, fantastic product, right? Really, one of the best tomatoes of the season, right? Yeah, for um, sure. So, and I'm just using that as an example for for folks about what am I not offering right now, right? What could I offer? Keep it exciting. Right. Keep that. Right. Keep that. Oh, look at that! Right when they say, "Oh, look at that," they think, "But oh, what else should I look at?" Just kind of opens them up, and then we can get consumption back. Because it is a it is a thing, right? You know, consumption, you know, is down. Now again, you only have one stomach, right? I have a pretty big stomach, but <laughs> it's still it's only one, right? <laughs> so it's like who's gonna get a piece of that stomach, right? So folks right. really gotta keep it interesting. Well, there's no doubt about it. And you know, I I find really interesting. I've listened, you know, talked to a lot of folks that say, you know, we've had this incredible rise. Uh, because people at home over the last two and a half years, numbers through the roof, you know, crazy comps, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And then, you know, the pandemic winds down and then people upstairs like, well, you got to do it again. It's like, okay, it's not the same. You know, the world's not the same place. So I get in this thing about consumption because I think it it, twofold, one of which we need to keep talking about it. Right. You know, it's how we're going to help people have a better livelihood and healthcare and all the other things, too. But it's also an issue when it comes around for food waste. Right. And food insecurity in some ways, because. You know, you want to you want to help get rid of food waste. Let's work to increase fruit and vegetable consumption, right? It just kind of goes hand in hand. So, talk a little bit. You know, internally, how much consumption conversations are happening at Fresh Market, and and you know, how are you guys elevating, trying to keep people you know hungry out there today, basically? Well, I mean, one of the ways we do it, and I think we stop at this um, um, is well, it's really two two ways. One is our emails, right? We have some really beautiful emails. Yeah. Right. So this kind of like and fantastic post. So we have a magazine, we have an email, and you know, if you just get people hungry, they're gonna eat, right? Yeah. Um, so really kind of keep that in front of them, right? Really, really talk about how good food can be when you cook it at home, right? You take that time. So we give all those solutions, we give all the suggestions, uh, and it, it works, it, it works really ex- extremely well. Um, so I think that's one of the ways to kind of keep it keep it going. I mean, but your real question, when you talk about food waste and consumption, uh, it wasn't too long ago, I was at the Wall Street Journal Food Forum in Chicago. And there was really two conversations going on at this World Forum, right? Mm-hmm. So all these big head hot shows, right? You know, the you know, chief, you know, Heinz and the guy, you know, 
Beyond Burger, I mean, all these big CEOs, right? And 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 um, there was two conversations going on. One was food waste, right? right? And one was food availability. And I found it very strange that we have all this waste and food, right? Yet we don't have enough food. Um, and literally in this two-day conference, both conversations were going on. And I think with that, it just comes down to making sure people get what they need. So this is all about, you know, do you have the food deserts? You know, are you supplying the right food in the right place, right? Um, are you, you know, are we, are we pricing it right, right? You know, for the customers you're selling it to. Yeah. Does that need it? Um, you know, we'll really start talking about just making sure that everybody's fed and everything that's grown is consumed, right? That's again, more con conversations. That's we yeah. need to have more conversations because there's, there's really enough food. They talk about 40% waste, right? And then there's, you know, basically about, you know, 20% people eating enough food. Well, it sounds right. like we have enough food if we're wasting 40% and, you know, 20 to 30% are not getting enough food. Well, right. that's just getting it to them, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and and so I think we need to do more of that as an as a as an industry, right? And that's all food, um, not just fresh produce and vegetables, but that's all food that we have to start thinking. Okay, how do we get it to people? Correct. You know how do we, well, how do we you know supply chain? Well, you make a good point. I mean, look if you, if your store if your store is surrounded by or in an Asian community and you don't take time to invest in what Asian produce what you need to have to make those people's lives what they want it to be and eat the food that they're wanting to have in their diet, you know, you're not going to drive anything. You're going to a, drive them away, but you're not, yeah. you know, you're not doing anything to uplift them. No. And I think that's and, super important. Yeah. And, and part of that conversation you're talking about food waste is really educating our team members on just how to be a great merchant. Yeah. Right? So, you know, we have someone spending a lot of time figuring out what to grow, then grow it. Right. And then a lot of time trying to get it to you. Right. And then time us putting it out. Right really teach our people how to do that efficiently. I mean, everybody talks about shrink. Well, shrink is food waste, right? Yeah. So, you know, we don't want to drive shrink down to zero, right? Because then in the grocery business, and are you promoting sales? But you want to, and I actually, this is one of Andy Balducci's phrases, buy what you need, sell what you have, right? Yeah. So you buy what you need. So you're, you're projecting, I think we're going to need this. I need, as a produce manager, I think tomorrow I need 10, one pound organic strawberries. So you buy it. Once you have it, then sell it. Right. Yeah, then yeah, you got yeah, yeah. 10 cases of organic strawberries. Sell that fruit. Right. Sell it, put it, it's sell it by the one pound, sell it in your value added, sell it to the deli, they put it in the salad, do some samples, consume it, right? Get it consumed. The other thing that Andy would often say, it's fine, I'm going to quote Andy twice on this, um, um, is let him eat. That was a yeah. phrase. He would walk around and say, like you'd, you'd have a pear that's ripe. He'd look at that pear and say, make sure, let him eat that. Like you'd want yeah. to let him eat that. So you would, and it's the like COVID's changed a little bit of this, but you would then pull your produce knife out, you know, a perfectly ripe Cummings pear, and you'd slice it up for everybody. Well, that's non food waste. You did not waste that food. Well, and you also now had someone eat it, and maybe a new calorie. customer. Yeah, and maybe it's a new customer. And it's definitely. Yeah, no, more I agree. Well, more than not, it's a new customer. Well, again, I, I, you know, it goes into what we're talking about. It's like, you know, you've got to put some effort back in to keep people yeah. engaged. And as, as the economy changes, 
right? It, it just goes, in my opinion, it just, your point about, you know, slicing up that pear is even more important now than it ever was. I think too, we have a tendency in a lot of ways uh, in food brands to put so much energy into, you know, Bob's pasta sauce, right? Yeah. Or, or Bob's blueberry or Bob's strawberry, whatever the case may be, which is great, right? It's great for that ego. It's great for the brand. You're trying to build around and get it. But in the same token, we're in a place in this world today that the attributes of that pasta sauce or the positivity of that blueberry, that strawberry is really what Bob should be talking about first and foremost. And then more, yeah. I think in some ways worried about his brand on the backside, because we've got to get people engaged, continue yeah. eating fruit. And I Absolutely. say that because, you know, and thinking about berries, you know, only 14% of the cereal that's consumed in this country has fruit on top. Sad. You know, think about, think about that, but what an easy opportunity to put like positivity that. into your diet and start your day. There's no, yeah. you know, for, even whether it's even frozen blueberries that you're buying, yeah, yeah. throw a handful, of, whatever it takes, thaw them out, throw them on for the kid, whatever. Yeah. But to find those yeah. opportunities, I want to kind of stay on this track. If we no, can. That's an interesting number. I didn't know that. Fourteen percent. Yeah. yeah. I want to kind of stay on this track about the economy for a little bit because I, we, we sure. can't, you know, I, I've got you here and you're at the front line dealing with this in a lot of ways. So talk to me a little bit about where retail is in this economy and, and maybe give me a little you know, crystal ball moment of where you think we're heading, because I don't see the economy flipping tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I, I think we've got, I think this is going to be a thing for a while, right? I, I don't, I, you know, maybe another year, maybe two, maybe less, I don't know, but it doesn't feel like it's going to flip, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. So talk to me a little about where you think this yeah, is all I heading. Mean, I, I think you hit it. It's, this is not, this is not transitory, right? So, so, you know, last year there was a lot, oh, you know, inflation's kind of hit, maybe it'll last a couple months and then it'll go away, right? right? Recession, recession. Uh, and it basically didn't go away, right? Costs keep going up. Uh, and, you know, people need to make more money, right? So those things keep happening, right? Um, and so, yeah, I don't I don't think it's transitory. I think it's here, right? And I think um, that's not changing, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, we, we've done the up and then a little down and up. It's not doing this. It's not going back to something that we had three years ago. No. Yeah, I'm not an economist. I had this conversation with a supplier when we we're talking about raising costs, right? I was like, I'm not an economist, but I guarantee you, your boss has a lot of economists looking at this stuff. Yeah. And I don't see costs going down, right? Uh, we've definitely reset. I think COVID has given that opportunity a lot of folks to reset the cost to do business. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that, that is what it is. Um, and so now we have to reset as a retailer right? What it means to our customers, right? And everybody's right. going to take a different stance on that. Some's going to take convenience. Some's going to take experience. Some's going to take quality, mm -hmm. right? Some's going to take low price. Everybody's going to find their space, what works for them. Um, but again, you know, and this is something Walter would teach me all the time, Walter, I was listening to the customer, right? What is your customer telling you, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and you supply that for them, and then you'll be successful. Um, and again, I'm not an economist. I know that, you know, I watch the CPA and, 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 and the indexes and all that. And, you know, yeah, it's where, where we are in a new world and that yeah. world's not going back. Right. Um, and, um, um, you know, there, and again, we were just talking about new stores on the call, right? So we're opening a couple of years and you open a store, it costs a lot of money to open. Yeah. And so, you know, really about and again this is the whole the you know the porcelain right seeing the crocs in the porcelain it's like oh yeah we gotta clean our act up we're gonna be a little sharper 
right? Um, you know, we got to sharpen that pencil. We got to think a little harder, right? Yeah. You know, the U.S. especially, we need to think a little harder. We need to be stronger at what we we should do. We are a huge consumer, right? Uh, and we should be super smart about that. And if we're super smart, we'll 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 be okay. If we're not well, so smart, you know, evolution will take care of it. Well, you're 100 right. Look, you know, food is a security issue, yes. right? Being food insecure is being in, you know is is security yeah. issue. I mean, bottom line, you take a look at what's going on around, around the globe. There's a lot of things that are in this country that we do not make any longer in this country, and we're relying upon other things. And that's you know that's dangerous, I think. And I think we have to look at the world of which it is today, and say, where are we with our food? You know, can can we survive? Could we could we survive? You know, and keep ourselves afloat right now. We got 9.5, 9.8 billion people going to be on this planet by 2050. The conversation around food and how food is going to be affected by this current economy is something I think we need to take a deep dive on because I think by the time we get around to getting the people around the table having a pizza and a six pack of beer to talk about it, I think we're going to be a little too far behind the eight ball. So I look, you know, and I look at the trade groups and this and that, encouraging them to continue these conversations about. What does this need to look like? How do we become more food secure? How do we figure out ways to make sure that, you know, we are taking care of ourselves to your point? I think it's, I just think this economy is going to be a real challenge in a lot of ways to come. And we need to be proactive about how we're going to deal with it. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Jesse from Superior Fresh. Check us out at www.superiorfresh.com to learn more about how we raise our Atlantic salmon without the use of hormones, antibiotics, or pesticides. Our Heart Check certified salmon boasts two times the omega-3s of other salmon and are fed an organic and non-GMO diet. Our fish thrive in water naturally filtered by our USDA certified organic greens, which allows us to recycle 99.9% of our water. This is salmon as it should be. Order Superior Fresh Salmon direct to your home by shopping with us online. And listeners of this episode can use the discount code TLC15 to receive 15% off your order. We make it easy to get the best salmon in your homes and on your plates. We've got you covered. Superior salmon equals superior taste. Shop now and use code TLC15 for 15% off through the end of the month. Well, I mean, you said, I mean, that's the, that's the, the point in this is we need to be proactive. We can't think things are just going to happen. You know, we no. have to sharpen the pencil. We have to think about how we're, how we're getting our food, who we're giving our food to. Um, um, again, like I said, this 40% loss out there, that number keeps showing up. Well, how do we get that 40% out into the consumption, right? right. Um, and it's there. We just got to work harder. It's a big it. problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, had, look, you, you can look at different things here. And I'll give you some classic examples here in California. You know, California is going to go EV by 2035. We just got through, you know, a, a ways back. We had a heat wave and they're telling everybody not to charge your cars because the grid can't yeah. support it. Right. You look at some of these water issues and this is what's mind boggling to me. And I'll pick on California all day and I hope they call me because I'll tell them to their face. I don't <laughs> care because <laughs> it's nuts. But we have a water problem here, right? But we have all this money, $27 billion worth of funds that have been out that we don't spend. We Tax dollars that we said, yeah. the, the citizens said, yes, we got to fix this. We haven't even done it. We, they got another bill. I mean, there's what, $2.7 billion to do some stuff. They haven't even bought a shovel yet. Yeah. 
So we've got to get to the point of like fixing these problems before they continue to get bigger problems. You know, and I, and I, I harp on the EV thing because it's like we go to solve some of these problems. Like, okay, here's the solution. Everybody go into an electric car. Well, what's what's how are we going to get there? Oh, it doesn't matter. We just know we solved this, yeah. right? And yeah. that's so dangerous. When I look at our food security issue and I think about this economy, I think it's really important that the retailers, the growers, you know, the trade groups, even the government are together saying, how are we going to do this, guys? Are we really sure that if everything goes shitty in the world, we can survive yeah. as a nation? And I think it's really a, a fair question to start asking yeah. because, again, it's about security. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, going back up just a few minutes of us talking about not being transactional, mm-hmm. it has to be less transactional, right? Yeah. So if it's, if, if, if it's more, what are our needs? And that's the conversation. Uh, and, and, you know, that conversation is, is more consensus driven, right, right? Than one person versus the other, you know, we're going to have this, you know, uh, electric cars, not electric cars. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that is the logical, you know, we went from a horse to a car, right? So yeah. all that stuff, all that stuff makes sense to me. And totally. often, you know, necessity does breed invention, right? So, so people will say, we no longer can do this. And, some, some people are going to figure this stuff out. I mean, I definitely have, you know, though a lot of, you know, I, I'm definitely an optimist when it comes to that, right? Oh, for sure. I yeah. think our, our next generation, I, you know, I have three kids um, and this, this whole young generation now um, that that come up, right? I know lots of people like to make fun of the quote unquote the millennials. Um, they're clever folk. And, they're smart girls. And, and they're just, they're, they're figuring a lot of stuff out. And, um, you know, again, I'm just an optimist that yeah. that these issues that we're facing now we have to do our part. You know, as the adults in the world, right? The folks right. that kind of left it to them, right? Here it goes. Is that we're still not gone yet, so we still don't need to participate. You know, we still kind of hold the key for the most part, and you know, still continue working hard and making the changes that we need to change. Uh, do our part, but I, I do feel that. The folks are going to start figuring out some of the stuff that needs to be figured out. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the only way I can think because the, yeah. the, the, well, to think the other thing is, is you know, it's a, it's a disaster movie, right? I mean, literally, it's it's the no, it's look, it's know, a scary, it's a scary yeah. proposition. Yeah. And you're right. Look, downturn economies generally um, create innovation, right? And yes. so this are, there's positivities going to come out of this. It's not going to be like this yeah. forever. It will, yeah. it will, you know. It yeah. does spin back around. And yeah. I think, just think yeah. it's really important that we take a yeah. look at the last couple of years and where we are and what's in that and start to ask some of these hard questions yeah. because, you know, we got to be protecting the next generation. We got to be thinking yeah. about it because, we, you know, look, we're not gaining a whole lot of new farmers. You know, things yeah. are changing out there in the world and we need to be smart about it. I want to go back to thinking about farming a little bit and just ask you this because you've been around for so long, you know. Yeah, thanks for saying a, it just that way. Well, I mean, you're, you're, <laughs> you're not like you're not like yeah. old like a sequoia. But yes, I'm not an old, I'm not old, but I'm not a spring chicken. No, but yes, I've been, been around for a little while. You've been around for a while. I mean, Good. I'm right. saying that with love. I could have said you're not you know, right. you're old like a you know, General Sherman Spirit. tree up in the Sequoia. Look, hey, when you get gray hair, if you're, you know, if you got balls, if you're ballsy enough to keep a beard with gray hair going, just bring it. Yeah, that's you, right. you're not, that's going to hurt you. I can't wait to be a grandfather. There you go. So, yeah. you know, but talk about a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. From your perspective, you know, kind of the rise of the organic trade over the last 25 years. And if there's things out there that you see today, they're like, yeah. oh, this is a little bit yeah. concerning to me, yeah. whether it be fraud, animal standards, things like that. Because yeah. you got a great perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Thank you for that. Because uh, again, start with the LR scare, right? So that kind of beginning of 
the whole organic push, right? And right. all of a sudden it was a thing. And, um, you know, kind of watched this growth. You know, I remember sitting in a CCOF, you know, board meeting when I was 25 years old, you know, right? I mean, it was just, it was just all these young farmers doing their thing, right? Um, and, you know, seeing this growth now of organics is where it's gone. Um, so, one, it's a great movement, right? I mean, clearly, you know, it's 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 offered just for the organic farmers and folks that want to really just do organic. It's also, as any good farmer, hey, that's a good thing to do. I'm going to do right. so many innovations that have come out of organic farming that, quote, unquote, conventional farmers use. So yeah. I think that's been great. And, and, and I knew you are going to talk about organics. And there was uh, one of the trade magazines back in the day. This is when I had my own little, I had my own little store for about six months in, in New York City, right? Called Native Farms Organics, right? Um, and I remember reading a trade magazine. Actually, my mom showed me the article in one of our produce trade magazines that said, Crazy Organics. That was the title of the article. Story, yeah. Right? Those crazy organic people, right? Now, fast forward 10 years, in that same publication, there's an organic section, right? Yeah. Let's come, right? It's legit, right? And it's truly legit, which is great. Again, it's definitely changed the way that we farm. Um, animal compassion. It's changed the way farmers raise the the proteins that we eat. That's always yeah. good. Uh, and of course, uh, and I'm very proud to be a part of that. Right. Oh, 100 percent. And promote it. And I know you were a huge part of that. I mean, again, talking to Todd. Right. I mean, it's like, for God's sakes. Well, uh, and fetch. Um, well, I will say kind of the next thing. And we just had this conversation not too long ago. It's a whole regenerative now. Right. So there's the next. Right. Call it buzzword. Organic was a buzzword at one time. It was. It, a buzzword, it wasn't right? even so a now, word at one time. <laughs> what was that? I said it wasn't even a word. It wasn't even a word, right? Um, <laughs> so now regenerative, right, has become a thing. So I think we're going to hit an evolution again, even on organics. Yeah. I think we're talking for you know good 10 years about what's next on organics. It feels like people have found this regenerative or no-till or a portion of no-till and regenerative and just deeper into how to make the soil healthier uh, and ultimately how to make farmers healthier and both physically and and uh, economically right yeah. we, these folks need to make a living um and uh, i'm all about you know offering the right price right and being that person that can tell the consumer yes you need to pay for this because this is what they do right right and that's when you talk about trade organizations and the industry and you said earlier about telling the story right let's talk about bob's blueberries we got to tell the story better Right. Yeah. hundred percent. No, I totally agree. All the earth and, and really poor blood, sweat, and tears in order to get good food. We should yeah. make sure they know what they're doing. I love the thing about regenerative. I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, to me, looking back and see if you agree with me, the conversation around regenerative today, both sides, pro and con, remind me exactly of the same conversations of the organic deal. Never going to be able to scale, yeah. you know, worm in the apple. Yeah. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know, all this stuff. And it's so interesting yeah. to me because I look at this now and I think from my perspective and, and please chime in with me if you'd like. I look at what these guys are doing regeneratively now. And when I look back at the organic industry, what they're doing today is great. What they're doing today that's going to be better in five yeah. years is what I'm pumped up about. Yeah, yeah. Like, what Absolutely. are they going to? Who's yeah, yeah. these early adopters? 
that are, yeah. that are I mean, come on, let's be honest, that are blowing money, yeah. they're trying, they're figuring yeah. out, they're failing, right? Yeah. They're daring to fail. Yeah. And they're laying this out. And there's some good people out there doing yeah. some big things. And I think it's really, really important that we yeah. take a look at this. I mean, you know, and I'd like for it to become more than just a buzzword like sustainable yeah. or, you know, all natural, yeah. right? Give it some yeah. teeth and let's see where yeah. this thing can go. Um, not be divisive about it, right? But how do we yeah. get there? How do we find the benefits that can translate to your point? There's yeah. organic methodology today yeah. that conventional growers are using. Yeah. How do Absolutely. we do that? How do we do that? I think it's yeah. super cool. Yeah, yeah great. Well, I, mean, great I love that you said because I was in one of the one of the meetings not too long ago. They were getting a trade show, right? And I mean, literally the folks on the stage, I'm like, oh man, this is deja vu all over again. Like I remember being yeah. that kid at 27, 28, saying all these things. It could right. do all this, but blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, that's a throwback, right? And there was this young woman out there pouring her heart out. And I was like, and it is a repeat of the conversation, but that's what it's supposed to be. It's the it's the next evolution. It's the yeah. yes, this is what, yeah, we know those folks did that. Yeah. Right. Thing, right. But that to them, they've grown up with it. So that's 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 mom and dad, right? Yeah. So yeah. you know, kids are gonna be like, well, that's mom and dad's thing. Well, I'm gonna one up them, right the hell on, one up us. Yeah, right? well, I, I think love that's it. what Regenerative's gonna do. And there's yeah. what's super exciting about that is that we have some folks that both big pockets and little pockets mm-hmm. that are really, really diving in. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and looking at what does it mean to be regenerative? How how can we do this? How can we scale? We can absolutely scale. You scale anything you want. If you want to scale, you can scale it. Um, and and yeah, this is going to be pretty cool over the next couple of years. I do too. I, I'm um, really excited. I mean, I, and, and whether you're talking about ag technology, you know, I, I had this conversation the other day about some of these guys are doing some of this, you know, progressive ag tech stuff and warehouses yeah. and CEA and this and that. It's exciting to me because it's again, it's not so much about what I'm seeing today. It's what work they're doing today that's going to be mainstream and a part of the, the you know the vernacular coming up in five years. That's what's exciting to me because I look at it from what we touched on earlier about food security. How are we going to make sure that we can do things that you know within our power as a country to make sure that we're healthy and doing stuff for it? So it's exciting. Always, yeah, I think we're always saying slightly, and this is what's good. This has kept our right the human race going. Right, we're always slightly ahead of. The demise, right? Yeah. To stay one step ahead. I mean, again, thinking about agriculture, right? I mean, I remember when commercial agriculture, when drip irrigation was a thing. Yeah. That was a new thing. Irrigation. Yeah. That was like an innovation. Yes. Well, that's not an innovation anymore. That's a standard. Correct. Right. When they've taken drip, right? And, and, you know, Bluetooth and know exactly the moisture and the, the rain's coming and don't water it over here. Oh, yeah. water over. I mean, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, super excited about that. Again, leave it to the kids. Oh, there's no, that's, yeah. that's, well, that's uh, you know, just support them, right? Support the young ones. I've got a couple of young buyers that, older buyers too, that are holding their own, right? But some young buyers out there, it's like, oh man, I didn't, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, yeah, no, I think okay. it's great. Yeah. I do. I'm excited. I'm excited about yeah. something. I mean, there's some things we need to work on and fix as yes. an industry. There's things we need totally. to do and and start to love each other a little bit more and yeah. not be so divisive and sound yeah. elitist and all sort of crap. But that'll come. Keep banging the TLC, door. TLC, right? TLC. So I'm talking about baby TLC. I love it. Yeah, Tell me what's yeah. what's what's new and exciting. What's new and happening for the rest of the year? What's new and exciting? You know, got new stores yeah. opening. What's going on? Exciting for yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. This is it's just great. So you know, we definitely have some growth happening for us. We have a couple new stores opening in the next six months or so. We've got I don't know, a bunch of stores uh, in the pipe. 
line, which was great. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's nothing. I mean, it's two things I love to do the most in this business, open store and visit farms. So that's all I had to do. I'd be very, very happy. Yeah, uh, sure. But uh, I've got a lot of that in my future, which is great. Um, I love it. Get that out there and see some farms, some producers. Uh, and, and then, yes, so so super growth. You know, we're staying, you know, staying in the Southeast, which is smart for us. Um, and, uh, you know, I really, so I mean, again, merchandising for a very long time and had some of the greatest teachers, right? James yeah. Parker, Edmund Lamacchia, John Walker, um, you know, just some, you know, Tony, I mean, some great teachers about how to merchandise. And for me, and this is, you know, my team was like, how can we merchandise produce different, right? So that's that, we have that opportunity to open a bunch of stores, right. you know, it's like, what does is, what is the mill work look like, right? So I'm super excited about that, right? What's the awesome. Table? We all have to do it on a table. We know that I haven't figured out how to figure, I haven't figured out how to float the produce yet. That would be pretty cool. It's just, coming. Um, we need a, a table look like. So that's kind of fun. Um, and a lot of stuff coming up for us for that, um, which is great. Um, we have a food show about to happen. I'm super excited about that. So we have about over 200 suppliers uh, coming down to Orlando, uh, putting on a show for them. We have all our store managers, 160 store managers to that, plus, of course, all the store support folks coming. So that's a big party. Uh, we love that. And big floor show, which which is exciting. That's fun. Um, so that's going on. That's going to happen in a couple of weeks. Of course, the IFPA show is about to happen. Um, the last couple of shows that I've gone to, you know, everybody is so excited to be back together. Uh, yeah, no shock. Cool, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's 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 the future. I like that. Um, and then, you know, you know, I got I just uh, my youngest son just got married. So that's the third. That's it. They're done. Good. Congratulations. Um, I'll have their have their thing going. Have and others so that's pretty cool that just happened last month so that's always great when the family I love is it. healthy and and uh in love right can't ask for anything more than that so. i love it brother thank you for hanging out with me man yeah. oh this is great yeah i mean I, I, more. I, dude you're always more. you're welcome here anytime come on just you know you know how to track me down i'll take your yeah. call yeah you don't have to well, next time i have to do it on your porch if you do it on our porch we're probably going to be a long episode yes that's <laughs> an overnighter <laughs> it could be an overnight. Yeah, Dude, an you, know, overnight. you know you're always welcome at the crib. Yeah. And, well, you know, I mean, again, I, thank you. Thank you for, for giving me this opportunity to hang out with you uh, and be on your conversations. I mean, it's a great show. Yeah. I watch it. Listen to it. And uh, I love what you're doing. I love the folks that you have on it. Thank uh, you. And super, super glad and, and proud to be one of those folks that you've uh, Brother, it's, a, sure. it's, an on, it's an honor to have you here. You know, I love you and love Thank to you and the fam and I'll see you soon and yes. I'll see you and uh, we'll hang out and I'll give you a big yeah. bear hug and we'll see where life takes us. Yeah, right on, brother. I love it. Everybody, Thanks. Fresh Market, check them out. Get down there, yeah. see a store. It'll impress you. Chris has got a good yes. thing going. He's got a great team. Um, fun chat. Good to talk about what's going on in retail. Get you some perspective if you needed some. Give you suppliers. Give you a little look into the future maybe and have some things to ponder and think about. We appreciate you being here. Remember, go inspire somebody today. It's really important. Just giving somebody a high five can make somebody's day and you won't even realize it, but it is important. So thanks. Check us out on social media, TLC underscore conversations. We appreciate you. Much love from me to all of you. Thanks for your support. It means a ton. And we're going to keep rocking and rolling. Here we go. Chris, love you, brother. Be good. Love you too, man. Thanks for having me. See everybody. Peace.